0: To Catholic stuff, you should know the J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ, glory
1: forever. Nice, is that right? Yep, that's it. Finally got it right.
0: I don't think Goble's ever gotten it perfect.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah, he's got one of the best memories though. Oh, he does. You have to wonder if I just sang it. Maybe he's unbelievable. (laughs) I asked him what was the. I said, "What is the Wi-Fi code again?" In your rectory. And uh, he recited a 17-letter uh, code, but it wasn't like words or anything. It was just like capital T, small W, three. Really, X. And I was just like, "You're like kind of a savant." Yeah, it's like, bizarre. So the fact that he doesn't remember that is yeah. questionable. <laughs> questionable. So,
0: he gets these songs the stuck in his head and he sings them the whole night. I'm wondering if that's part of it. Is it just like re- repetition? Like he told his parishioners, he told the story when he told it's, The next seven times you see me, tell me your name. Like mm-hmm. don't expect me to have it until you've told me 7 times. Right. I'm like maybe maybe it's just in his brain
1: it just like he gets the repetition just happens naturally who knows right right, but, right. who yeah. knows these things so you know what i love about the companions is the, the older we get the more uh, i realize the complexity and the uniqueness of every character yep. and you are certainly included in that yeah. because these weeks uh, leading up to your uh, departure from denver we're realizing the how many different wild avenues and kind of collections of you know characters you have mm. uh, everywhere you go you know yeah. your your friend base is just amazing. Widespread. And I think my favorite is the cigar buddies on sixth. Yeah. The fact that you knew Floorwax are friends with him. It's just like, you know. I'll tell you what, if if you want to meet Floorwax is a famous uh, uh Lewis and Floorwax were uh, a fantastic uh morning radio show that I listened to on the classic rock station when I was in high school. Um what was it, 1035 The Fox. Uh, yeah. And uh I actually yeah used a, a floor ism uh recently and somebody was like Where'd you get that from? And I was like, that's like circa 1999 floor wax humor. You know, the fact that you would know these people, it's like unbelievable. I'll tell
0: you what, when I, when I first started hanging out at the cigar bar, I realized I was no longer afraid of being that old single guy in a new city because you know, like, I mean, I'm gonna be moved around with the rest of my life. Like I'll be in Anchorage next, Seattle, Vegas, yeah, whatever for yeah. my whole life. Like and and I'm always gonna be moving moved to places where I have no friends. When I'm young, it's easy enough. Right. When I'm older, it's gonna be harder. But you get you can walk into a cigar bar and you're still gonna be tested. I've realized this. You're still gonna be tested. Like it's gonna take a few weeks for you to earn right. a spot at right. the table. But once that happens, it's just a bunch of Old guys, yeah. that 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 are escaping from their wives usually, and and or or they're just or have the, escaped, yeah, they have escaped exactly, and, then, and they're sitting around there like if you you can earn your spot with it with a sanguine personality like mine, you can earn your spot pretty pretty quickly, pretty easily, but it has to be earned, and then you're just like okay, here here's where an old person, that's new to a town. No no no, so no, no offense go. guys. like
1: an older guy that's new to a town finds his community just sitting around talking about life and smoking cigars well that's the, that's the places to find it and uh once you and know, I, we're on a bike ride on Monday and um we just so happened to start biking at about eight o'clock in the morning, okay. this is up in Indian Peaks, Colorado. Do you know where that is? I've heard about it It's not is. even a town, okay, it's just <laughs> a collection of houses off two eighty five kind of near South Turkey Creek Road, okay. And we just parked our bikes, and then we went for uh, a couple hours on the bikes, and they came back, and this bar was open called ah. the Sit-In Bull. So okay. Sitting Bull, you get a nice. Sit-In yep. Bull. Okay. Nice. Awesome place. And all the locals were rolling in. It's about 1130 in the morning.
0: We're having a beer and a <laughs>
1: burger, and uh, um, I was just like, this is all of the local mountain people. Yeah. Uh, this is where they come to hang. Yeah, And it was a wild-looking collection of characters, yeah. and I was like, Wingy. I bet the sun goes down and this place gets crazy you know but um, yeah the places where people kind of come together Outside of the typical two, which would be the home and then the workplace, or yeah. you, you know, and especially with kind of the decline of neighborhoods, it's like these these places are real yeah. and they're they're really places of communion as well. It's uh, like the
0: prancing pony, you know, from they, right. Right. Exactly. And, and there is a sense of, I mean, a pub is called a pub because it's a public house. I remember right. learning that. Yeah. I was like, that makes sense. This is where the public gathers. You know, right. you you come here before TV, before any of that. You you came out to engage with your community, and you right. went to a public house where where you could sit there and drink and play music and chat and.
1: Yeah, we we've lost that a bit. It's all online now. Yeah, absolutely. So you found it at the cigar bar. How did you end up going there in the first place? So um, was it just because there's a lot of cigar? bars? I don't want to make know. the story too long. There are, but so so Janetta Mello, remember Jean, yeah, now Janetta Mara? Yeah.
0: Um, she was the communications coordinator for the Archdiocese. Became right. a really close friend of mine through Shapu, and uh, so she whenever she got calls from news stations uh, for like, hey, we need a priest, we want to have a priest on the on TV, she'd always call me. Right, and so I had. For like three years I had probably six or seven T V stations come to my parish and ask me questions. And um one of the times the broadcaster came and was saying um, she's just after the after this news story, or whatever. She's like, "Hey, can you can we chat about the church for a second? I was like, "Yeah." And she just had you know, she's like, "I'm not married in the church. I want to be. What would that, what would that take?" And she's asking all these very personal questions. And we, she and I chatted for like an hour and a half. And yeah. so then she said, "You know who you get along with? You get along with Ron Zapolo. Oh, this okay? Yeah. So Ron Zapolo's like was a newscaster for years, and then he did this. Zapollo's people news, here in Colorado right? nine, uh, uh, originally. No, might have been. I don't. I don't remember. No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm kind of new to the town, hall, of course. So, so anyway, so she says you get along well with him. So so I says okay. Like I hadn't, I hadn't heard of the guy. I'd heard his name, but so so I said so. What do I do about that? And she says you need to go to scars on sixth for lunch.
1: Oh, that And was so a I beginning.
0: walked in there. I, I it took about like three more months for me yeah. to realize this, and I was like, "Well, I'm in the area. I know where it is." And I walked in there, and it's funny because Ron and I never hit it off ever. Really? Like, yeah. like it, he, we had a couple of conversations about Shapu, who he interviewed a few times, and um, and but he and I just never. It was never a thing. But like everybody else there, I became really, really close with. and I got invited to the the secret meetings after right, closing right, and all right, of that, right. which ended up being
1: going what it is. But yeah, hilarious. I yeah. love it. <laughs> That's how that happened. Well, you have a great legacy here, and um, yeah, I, I, I just love uh, I love the distinctiveness of the way your priesthood has been lived, mm. not just as a Byzantine uh, celibate priest, but also just because of the unique guy that you are and the, your love of the homeless and uh, the way that you've really stayed in relationship with them. Mm. Um, you've kept them at the center. Of, they're the kind of the, in the depths of their heart, but then also just, just kind of... Whatever coffee shops or cigar bars you end up at, it's mm. just... Because when I was a seminarian, I always thought this is where I want to spend my priesthood. Yeah. I don't want to sit in the church all day. I sure as hell mm. don't want to sit in an office all yeah. day, right? I want to be in the cigar bars. I want to be talking to guys and and girls and uh, just interested in human life, but meeting them where they're at. And yeah. I think you've exemplified that. And um, I've loved hanging out with you at coffee shops like Aviano, yeah. Cherry Creek, and yeah. different places. And um, and I think that it's just been very inspiring to me personally. So well, thank you. So I don't sure. know how we got on that topic, but uh, yeah. there you go. So it, it is it is freeing. I think you'll see now that you're
0: kind of beginning a very stable ministry that you're yeah. going to have. You'll you'll see that like my heart is in the parish but you can become so overly dramatic if you only stay there right. and it's so freeing sometimes to realize that the world is bigger than just the people that God has given me to minister to directly right and and you, you can there's a lot less drama if you get out of that bubble and be like the world is bigger and I can find joy in these places and enjoy people that don't think the same way I do and then go back and find the heart again in yeah. the parish you know so yeah that's been that's been a
1: real joy here as well i got to find my plate my new place you know, because every, everywhere oh, yeah. you go, you always have your spot. You well, know? you're you're right. You're right in the art district. I know. You're gonna be you're gonna find some awesome not places. As bold as you, though, I don't know if it's the German haircut or what, mm. but it, I I just don't have that sweet sanguine phlegmatic personality that just kind of flows in and out of non-threatening. You're just unaffected. I don't know. People seem to get more. I end up talking. I mean, I seem to get more like bar fights, not <laughs> like physically, but you know, so. heated debates. Maybe I it's actually the hockey player. I don't know, but I gotta you know i'll put on my inner harness my inner olo and go. try and kind of you know just be very i don't know relevant and uh you know
0: i was in your neighborhood probably 12 years ago for the santa fe art walk and i walk i'm walking around with my with my collar on alone uh, yeah. just walk around down there alone and i'm getting of course weird looks from people it's a very like progressive place and and um, i'm walking around and it, it just felt a little imposing for a priest to be in this culture. Yeah. But I just kind of ignored that and was walking around and all of a sudden I turn around, I'm looking at this piece of turn around and This guy that goes, Whoa, you a priest? I said, yeah. And he goes, you're brave. You said that, huh? yeah. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't quite know how to take it. Like you're, you're, you're in enemy territory or if it was just like in general, like yeah. priests nowadays have to be brave, but it was, I, I kind of took it as a compliment yeah. of like, you know, here. I'm alone walking on an art walk and, and uh yeah you know people people aren't aren't expecting to see a priest but why not yeah. be a priest where they don't expect absolutely all right well my topic today is uh is not as raw i'm glad we did your topic first mine was, wasn't that
1: raw mine was just kind of uh, heady and attempted to be you know relevant but yeah but i'm
0: glad we did yours first cuz it kind of brought me out of my selfish shell here to like just oh, i want to talk about what's on my mind right now right right um so uh so one thing I've realized, and I talked about this a little bit last time, so I won't go into it too much. But um, I, I wanted, my topic. I wanted to be something on how to how to apologize. Hmm. Like um, th- there is so many. Like one thing I've realized as a priest is that a lot of people get mad at you, and it's not about you. It's about them. It's it's their own issues. Um, some people are mad at you. Like if if people get mad at me, and I say, do I do I respect their point of view? And a lot of times I will say, like, no, I I don't want their life. They're kind of a mess. And, and so I don't really respect, I, I respect them as human beings, but I'm not going to be overly hard on myself for what they're mad at me for, mm. because I don't think they're coming from a proper perspective. They're not coming from a place of joy or faith, as far as I can tell. I don't want to judge either, of course, but the, the it, it's not something that really that really affects me. What affects me really bad is when when someone is mad at me for something I know I did wrong. And one thing I've begun to realize is that a priest, as I mentioned I've mentioned this probably years ago. Um, a priest it's not an exact science. It's not exact art. Like you, you you try your best to learn and to be holy and to guide and to teach um, but but you're you're never going to do that well. Like, like there, there's never a time when you're like, oh man, I'm an amazing priest. Like it's just that's not going to be the case. Right. And there's you you you're studying such a broad range of arts and sciences and topics and dealing with such a broad range of people. You're just never going to be without criticism. And and I I I'm totally accepting of that. But this is my first assignment here in Denver, and I went in honestly a 27 year olds thinking a 27 years old thinking that most if not all people were going to like me that was just my attitude going in and i i really thought that that i could somehow by the power of god but still me be all things to all people and could could kind of exhaust myself on my ministry and 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 do that well and it was it was pretty much pure arrogance going into my ministry thinking this and i look back now and i say like being a priest and having to apologize for what I've done wrong to my people that I've, I've been leading for 14 years. It's almost like being a child or a parent. Like, how do you, so I, I literally Googled today planning this. I Googled how to apologize. Yeah. And you know, what what do you think if you just Google how to apologize? What's the first thing that's going to pop up? How to apologize appropriately. This says number one, express remorse. Number two, admit responsibility. Number three, Make amends. Number four, promise it won't happen again. I'm like, okay, if if I if I broke some rule, if I double booked myself and I had to say, I double booked myself, I'm gonna go with the appointment that I want to go with. And I did not say which is the most important for me to do. And I just then I would say, yes, I would go through those steps and say, look, I I behaved selfishly in that moment, and I double booked myself. And I, and I double put myself because I wanted to do one thing and not the other. That was the wrong thing to do. I am going to go through those four steps and say, I should have done what I did not want to do as much, not been as selfish and gone with the appointment that, that mattered the most to the individual rather than to me. Um, but so much of priestly ministry... Hmm. In my experience, has been like a parent or a child. Like, how do you apologize for being a bad parent or being a bad son or daughter? Like, there it is so deep, and there's so many issues that come with that. You cannot say, I'm going to promise to my mom or dad to never do that again. I'm going to promise to my child or my spouse to never do that again. Right. Like, like it's, it's not that easy. It, it's like our personalities and, and our, our hu- ways of being human are just not. We, we can't say, I'm never going to do that again. And I've realized in my ministry, I can, I can do the first two steps over and over and over again. I can say, I, I am sorry for this, and I know it hurt you. But to say that I'm changing my ways, I'm never going to do it again, like there's just something about the mistakes and the harm I've done that that, that cannot be, I cannot say that. Yeah. It's because I know I'm going to fail. I know I am. And and I've I've and trying to do this for 14 years and 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 telling the people like when I do Forgiveness Vespers every single beginning of the Great Fast, like I have to say I'm getting better, thank God, but I'm still doing the same things. And and my ministry is so broad and diverse that it's not easy. I cannot say I'm not gonna do it again, because this is the depths of my humanity that I'm talking about here. And I'm trying to change personality, I'm trying to change um, basic habits and like, you know, I am trying, but man alive, you know, uh, to be completely honest, what sparked this was because today I don't know what happened, but someone in the Paris that I'm very, very close to, I just, I saw them, and I wanted to greet them and they refused to give me a hug. Mm. And they looked at me with this look of like, I'm so pissed at you right now. I can't even tell you why. And they didn't say anything. All they just, they just literally put their hand up and said, nope. And then walked right by me. And I'm just... its just like a
1: death blow to a sanguine. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I understand, <laughs> understand that. It's like, that's like the
0: worst thing that could ever happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so I'm thinking like, I want to talk about this. I want to stop them and say, hey, let's talk about what's going on. But they don't want to do that. They're not ready to. They're not able to, whatever it is. And I just thought, you know, I know, I could guess the top three things that I might have done to hurt this person. And I, because it's come up before, we've communicated about that before. and And it's like, I don't know what to do to tell you that we just have very different personalities and I am working on it and I'm growing, but very, very gradually and I don't know what else to do.
1: Yeah. But how do you not get sucked into, cause what if that's manipulation? What if that's a game to to suck you into yeah. it? You and know? I, and cause I, cause yeah. I, I make the mistake of over apologizing in order to appease people. Yeah. And I my brother used to get super, super pissed at me when we were younger because I would, always, I would just apologize. And he goes, you, "You're apologizing, but you don't actually mean it." Yeah. He's like, "You're just so quick to apologize." Yeah. And I've, I've, I have realized that about myself. And I'm like, you know, so how do you know that you actually have offended? Like, how do you know that they're justified in their yeah. whatever, rem- in their coldness, to their boundary, yeah. or even their bitterness? Like, mm-hmm. instead of just saying, "Yeah, you know what, it, you're a bad, you're a bad guy," and you yeah. this. Like, I don't know. How do you distinguish that? I, I think part of it is that.
0: I I can say these are things that I want to change even more than you want them to change. Like if, if you call me out on something and you say, look, you're doing this and it hurts me. And I say, I know, like I, I want to change that probably even more than you want me to change it because I'm the one living it. And, and yet when I get caught up in the, this, the many different arenas of being a priest, Trying to be all things to all people, trying to to make my priorities the correct priorities, trying to say no when I need to say no, say yes when I need to say need to say yes. It's like the the life of a priest is beautiful in its in its depth and its broadness. Um, but but I just I don't know, man. It feels like looking at looking at fourteen years and just saying how many how much better would it? and I, I don't mean I'm not too I'm, I'm too I'm too confident. I mean, so don't feel bad for me, like I. I, 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 I'm very confident, very happy, very sanguine, but looking back and trying to say 14 years, I said this when I announced at the parish, I said, you know, I'm leaving, please forgive me. Like, I don't want to carry anything with me. Um, th- I don't want to carry your lack of forgiveness. and I don't want to carry my lack of forgiveness with me to my next assignment. I want to go pure and new and beautiful. And I want to do that. And so, but there's something that there's, not everybody's going to accept it, and I fully acknowledge that, but there are still things that I say, how do I apologize for something that I'm probably going to do again? This yeah. is confession. Yeah. How, how do you apologize for something and, and and say this isn't a lack of sincerity? This is immensely sincere. But if if I had a job stocking shelves at the supermarket like I did for years, like that was I, I yearn for those days again. To say you do one thing, you okay. you put you put stuff on the shelf, and you you're either good at it or bad at it. And if you're bad at it, you move on. There's no way I can say you know what. Sometimes I fail as a priest, therefore I'm going to step away. That's not right, right. and I'm not going to do it, and I, I know I shouldn't. But, but there's this, you know, h- how do you apologize for things that, that you have done wrong, are probably going to get into doing wrong, and you need to say, you know what, on my deathbed, hopefully I'll be good at this. But until then, man, be patient with me, please. Yeah.
1: I was uh, had lunch today at the Pizzeria Locale nice. on 6th with uh, the companions. Our household had lunch, Lejoie and uh, Usterman and Peter Sersich. And I was looking at the guy making pizzas, and I was like, "Oh, I want your life! It looks so good." Because <laughs> I, because uh, my job is to form the theological minds of the, the priests of the future, yeah. and <laughs> to, on behalf of the church, to give the consent that they should be ordained. Yeah. And exactly. so I'm like, "Oh my god, this is really stressful." And I'm thinking it'll be interesting to say a year from now, let alone 14 years from now to have this conversation with you, because I think yeah. you're carrying experiences that I just, um, a- a- that I don't understand or that, um, or kind of a continuity that I, uh, that I, uh, you know, maybe don't fully grasp. I will say this though. I'm kind of, I have a personal allergy towards broad apologies. So yeah. a friend of ours last new year's as his new year's thing, uh, we were on a hot trip uh, decided he was just going to, Blake can apology for everything I've done in the last year. Mm. Just, I, I, I want to start fresh, mm. and I'm sorry for everything I've done.
0: Mm.
1: Give me a big hug. And I, what I should have said in the moment was, why don't you apologize for one thing you actually yeah. know you did instead of for everything you potentially have done, yeah. you know? And I think that as priests, uh, when we lose the fraternal ambit uh, and we don't live in community with other people— we forget how to correct and how to be corrected yeah. because it's really not a big deal, yeah. you know? Like, it's not a big deal at all. Like, Goble and I just got in a little tiff, like we usually do, but it's like, it's over. Yeah, It's not a big deal. And there was a guy a couple days ago, companion, even when we were living together last week, we were bumping into each other or rubbing in. There's mm-hmm. different things, and it's like, you just deal with things as yeah. a family, and they're not a big deal. But when someone builds up 14 years of resentment towards you and won't and ices you, and possibly the last time they're going to see you it's like that is unacceptable, and that's causing you stress that you shouldn't have so i I resist kind of the you got to apologize to the whole parish, but I remember when Chapu left, he did ask for forgiveness for his the ways he's failed all of his priests, and I thought that was actually really beautiful, so yeah. i'm conflicted yeah. as it is it's
0: it's it's hard because. And so what I did was after I read that and I was like, okay, that works for that works for like small hearts. That works for little things that I can identify and I can say I made a mistake and I can actually change my way of thinking immediately that I can promise. I mean it even it literally says on that
1: promise and never do it again. Right. But when you go to confession you say I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more. To sin no more. Yeah. So every time you go to confession you say that. That's, that's I, I, intense. I think Jesus
0: Jesus can hear that. I mean, Jesus can say, I hear you, and I believe you, and I know that's true in your heart. Other human beings can't. And, and, and Jesus can say, oh, you did it again, and he can forgive us again because he knows who we are but other human beings because of our brokenness and things like that. But I get I, the, the main point I want to make is like, what if, what about the things I am actually doing wrong? I'm not growing as quick as I should. And it really is on me. And that's like, maybe this, this example of what happened today, there's a million different things that could have happened to why that happened that way where I, I where I, there was just a lack of a lack of the gr- type of greeting that I thought was authentic. But, um, but so I, I, anyway, I turned to the scriptures and there were, I mean, there were two main things that I thought of that actually brought me peace Um, One is the Old Testament idea of, of sackcloth and ashes. You know, this is Jonah, Nineveh, like they've done something wrong. They've done a lot wrong. And there's this, a very deliberate act of sitting and dressing in sackcloth, sitting in ashes. It's like, I am. I am. I am going to. This sounds horrible. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to sacrifice for what I've done. And and within the, within the New Testament, this becomes a life of penance, like just generally saying I'm going to fast every Friday. We do this so well as companions. We fast from media on Fridays. It's like I'm I'm going I'm gonna generally say I don't even know how much harm I've caused. Some people have brought it up. It's, it's, I know that it's much more than I can ever be, I can ever make up for. So I'm just going to generally live. And this would get so depressing if it was all the time. That's Mm -hmm. why the church gives us fasting seasons, feasting seasons, days of fast, days of feast. So I love the fact that the Byzantine church says the general fast days is Friday, secondarily Wednesday, thirdly Monday. Mm -hmm. So if you fast on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that means you're fasting for a day, feasting for a day, fasting for a day, feasting for a day. Then you go through seasons. We're going to fast during the great fast. We're going to feast during Easter. And we never are. We're never allowed to despair. We're never. We're never allowed to to sit around in the muck of our own sorrow and say, "I feel so sorry for myself." And it's just this melancholia makes me feel better. Like we're not allowed to do that because we need to celebrate when the church says celebrate. And there's something beautiful about that where I can say, "Look, I've made a mistake," and I me in the moment going through these four steps is not going to make up for it. I'm literally going to live my whole life. In in handing it over to Christ, surrendering it to Him, surrendering it to Him, and saying, "I'm going to do these little moments of sackcloth and ashes for you," and for even the things I don't know I've done wrong. And secondarily, it's Peter, and all it says is when he denied Christ, he wept bitterly. And to me, it's like you don't. If I really hurt someone, they don't need to see me weep bitterly. But there's something so personal about saying. Like what you said you know, it's not a big deal because Jesus loves you more than I do. It's not a big deal because Jesus can fix the things I can't. It's not a big deal because I cannot harm you enough that Jesus can't fix it. Right. And so, there's, there's something about saying, it's not a big deal. You're right. It's not a big deal because I'm not strong enough or big enough to really, really harm you because Christ can always step in. God the Father can be a father. Mary can be a mother. Even our parents can't hurt us that bad because we have another mother, another father that can step in and say, I'm going to protect you from the the real immense harm that another person can cause you, but if I have caused that harm in a way that I just the priesthood is so diverse and the life of a parent is so diverse, the life of a child is so diverse, the life of a spouse is so diverse, we it, it is so hard to to be worthy of the the vocation that we have. Yeah, and it's and I we just need to be i guess just be humble sit in sackcloth and sack off the <laughs> ashes live life of penance weep bitterly for the things that we know we've done and realize that that we're never we're never probably going to be able to make up for it and people are never going to say you've made up enough yeah.
1: so what you're saying in the words of uh often quoted by brady wagner sit down be <laughs> humble be humble no um you write that yeah yeah right he always <laughs> he always shocks us when he when he quotes that song um yeah a lot there. I think earlier in the podcast, I was getting distracted on peripheries, but the essence of your question um, how do you apologize for things you know you can't yeah. you can't say I'm never going to do this again yeah um for me that 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 is the the criteria that distinguishes between a natural virtue around forgiveness life forgiveness which is good but and then a and then a deeply Christian supernatural hmm. vision yeah, yeah of yeah. uh Of forgiveness, which is to say that um, I cannot, I can't, I can't fix my life. I can't get over these sins. I'm powerless. Sin really is a slavery, as the scriptures talk about, and in that sense, like I'm bound by it. Yeah, and I am, I am so impoverished. Excuse me, in my love, in my ability, that there's nothing I can do. Yeah, because. You know, uh, so many uh, on a natural level, parents who want to be good parents, they end up, I, I, you know, idolizing the children, and just everything is about it. But there's a blindness and kind of a recklessness there. I think truly humble Christian parents are like, I'm trying to raise fallen humanity here, and I'm hurting them. I'm going to hurt them. They're going to have wounds from yeah. my yeah. parenting. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same as a priest to say, "There's no perfect parish. There's no amazing parish. It's just a lot of brokenness." and a lot of unbelievable grace that's working through the most kind of unexplainable and and really fascinating possibilities but this whole thing about we got to have it all together there's so much pressure on priests nowadays yeah. you got to have it together you got to have perfect relationships with every woman you ever know yeah you got to have exact perfect boundaries we need you to be excellent at this perfect at this everything on this and it's just like we're all a mess we're a mess, just like every parent is, and everybody's going into marriage saying, "Whoa, you know this is great," but yeah. uh, marriage is the sneaky way God crucifies us, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the same with priesthood. It's like He duped us into this, and we're, we're we're learning the weakness and the power of our love. And one of the best ways this is being expressed for me personally is in the surrender novena, hmm. which we yeah. started praying together Absolutely. as companions. Yep. And, man, I tell you what, if you've ever heard of this or, or never done it, uh, Father Brady was the one who basically told me to do it, and it is it's money. Mm. Yeah. This thing is just very good. It's an Italian. Um, I think we wrote it in the 60s. And Seren- Serena Novina, we can find it for people online. It's so simple, yeah. too. But anyways, all that to be said. It seems to me the answer to that question is precisely what you're saying, which is that uh, we don't have the ability to truly say, I'm sorry, and I will never do this again. We actually can't say that fully honestly, but in Christ we can. Yeah. And that's the difference.
0: And maybe that's, I'm I'm just, I'm thinking as I speak here, but
1: there's something about being able
0: to say to somebody, I I know I've hurt you, and it hurts me to have hurt you. And I cannot say I'm not going to do this again. I can never make reparations because I've, I've done something that I can't make up for. Um, And that, that is why I'm going to tag out (laughs) in a sense after, and and Christ is going to step in and he's going to heal. And, and I'm asking for Christian patience with me and I will promise to try to have Christian patience with you in a, in a very real way. You know, a a quick shout out. Leah Darrow, my friend fell upon something. She has this thing on Instagram called um, not an expert and she does like it's kind of like hey here's how to put a, here's how to do your hair in the car here's how to do your makeup in the car here's how to cook rice for a family of four you know and it's like she does these things and it's and she always says like i'm not an expert like i'm i'm not coming i'm not trying to teach you or someone who knows what they're doing this is just what i do and it's i think it's hilarious cuz every single one there's like her kids are screaming in the background uh-huh. it's it's not like a yeah. hey this is how to do it it's just like here here's a way of doing it but but it reveals her humility and her confidence in her own motherhood that 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 can can happen and I think that's beautiful the other shout out I want to give is is Matt Tynan he he had one of the most when I called him to let him know I was being moved and I I just I I just said you know I I want you to hear it from me I have to message I want you to hear it from me I'm being moved you know I'm gonna miss you bud and um he he called me back and all all he said was I love you he must have said it like three times he's like I love you I love you I love you And I was, and there was something so simple about that, and and it was like, man, alive, like, like I just needed that. Like, I don't think I would need that, but it was so beautiful to have somebody to say, like, amidst everything, like, you don't need to apologize for things you've done wrong. You don't need, I don't need to praise you for the things you've done right. I just need to tell you that I'm going to miss you by saying I love you. And it was, I was like, man, that was one of the best responses I got. You know, and it was just a message he left because I couldn't pick up either. And I, th- I thought, you know, I there's things I need to apologize to him for, and and other people for. But it was just such a
1: kind of handing and tagging out and handing it to Christ moment that I, I felt he did. So Matt Tynan has a gift for that, I think, with us companions. Yeah. I think with priests at large. But uh, he loves us in ways we don't need to be loved. Yeah, or, or I should say, we don't think we need to be loved. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that line from John of the Cross comes to mind. You know, put in love where there is no love. And and you will draw out love, and that's uh, because that's such a simple thing. You know, we think we gotta have all these words to say all the right things and kind of summarize everything you've been to us. And it's like, no, you don't. You just gotta say, "I love you," and you know. um, And we have so many friends who do that so much better than we do. (laughs) It's a great lesson
0: to us to hear and to feel.
1: Oh, but uh, yeah, I. yeah, it's it's interesting. This is good to reflect on. I don't have much to say. I haven't added much here, but um, just a, fourteen years is a long time. Yeah, that's longer than any guy I know who's been at any assignment. And you've you've given your life to this city, and you've affected thousands and thousands of people. And but there's a lot of people who are hurt by you, yeah. and who scorn your fatherhood, yeah. and um, and that's okay. That's okay. I remember my friend, John Clockman, saying that to me one time. He said it just off the cuff. He said, because uh, he worked in college seminary for a number of years, and he said, uh, yeah, there comes a point when they scurn your fatherhood, but it's the same with every father. Yeah. His teenage, his 14-year-old yeah, that's true. son or that's daughter. True. And, um, you know, uh, to be able to suffer that, to bear that, um, that's the greatest mm. gift we can give back, and I think that's where you're, what you're witnessing, that's where you're going. And, uh yeah we got to yeah. hold each other to that because it's not easy
0: yeah no and i i it's like it's i i don't life shouldn't be easy heaven is heaven for a reason we're not there yet you yeah. know we don't want to pretend like we are we're still working it out
1: well my friend uh you're gonna have uh, a couple more weeks here with uh oh with the global and uh with rap yeah. and uh so we're gonna be hearing your voice and you're gonna be back before you know it but um Kind of bidding you farewell here Thank on the you. podcast, at least from from my point. And there's going to be a lot. You're going to have like so many goodbyes. You're going to be like, get me out of here <laughs> by the end of August. You know? So we're going to be hanging out. But um, I just want to say thanks, thanks for everything for these last uh, four years on the podcast. I've uh, been so grateful for your presence. I think you you brought a whole different kind of dimension to this thing um, you kind of broke us out like I said breathing with both lungs but also just who you are and your topics your creativity and also your leadership uh, not all people know this but Father Michael has been uh, leading the operation uh, uh, and uh, that is a lot, there's a lot more involved in this than I think we realize yeah. and so I'm personally grateful for you and then for just your brotherhood you're just one of the easiest people to be with and uh, you're just a simple joy and uh, there's a humility there as well so, so thank okay. you for your friendship and your brotherhood and for a great uh, four years of podcast and certainly not the end. Thank you. And thank you for your, your foresight about companions. I know you were one of the founders, of course,
0: one of the main movers in the companions and also the foresight about the podcast because I, this, these, these, uh, the companions of Christ and the podcast are, are, um, are the beginnings of, of immensely beautiful Christ centered movements in the church. Um, that, uh, that you, whether you know it or not, you, uh, you were kind of receptive to, and then acted on in, in a way that I think, um, I mean, look, look the, the, how many podcasts there are nowadays, especially Catholic podcasts. And then, you know, you were at the, kind of the beginning of that back in 2010. And, uh, and then the and then the companions kind of perceiving what was happening in Minneapolis St. Paul and then able to say we need that in our life you know there's something so beautiful there that we need that in our life and, and I'll move on to life in California with you know taking a lot from both those things that you were so seminal you know seminal a part of so and thank you for just loving me personally too and welcoming me in here as much as I can as not being a priest of the Archdiocese and yet feeling completely at home within the companions yeah. these past years and the, end of the podcast too so
1: oh, you're gonna be missed brother thank you but we're gonna see you a lot I have full confidence that yeah. California not that Amen. far away so <laughs> 15 and a half hours i realized uh, that's true <laughs> drive <laughs> all right should we do some uh, shout outs here yeah i already did mine so go okay ahead. so uh amara Mejia i don't know if should, how you pronounce your first name but phil bartline my my old buddy and uh who's close friends with aaron mahia your husband said you listen to the podcast so if you come across this amara uh, thanks for listening Father Austin Lickie handed on a shout out um, Hannah Jones who works in the library at the Dominican House of Studies in D.C. she's a listener uh, and uh, favored Lickie's podcast with nice. me because you know Dominican yeah. thing. but Hannah thanks for <laughs> listening and then lastly I uh, was doing mass on Sunday at um, Good Shepherd Parish in Denver and Patty who's the director of evangelization there gave the, the best shout out she was giving a, a pitch on adult uh, formation stuff and then she just gave this wildly fantastic um Shout out and encouragement to listen to the podcast. So nice. I love Patty. Patty. I know I know Patty. You well. know Patty. Oh, yeah. she's awesome. So she that was a amazing. great joy. I look forward to being a good shepherd a lot this year. So that's it. Cool. Cheers. Cheers to a new beginning. A bunch of new beginnings, new endings. Yep. Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail Thanks for listening. You'll have Olo and Mike or Goble with you next week, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you.